1: Our world is full of the unexplainable, and if history is an open book, all of these amazing tales are right there on display, just waiting for us to explore. Welcome to the Cabinet of Curiosities. Under the best circumstances, the odds of dying in a plane crash are 1 in 20 million, You're more likely to be struck by lightning or die in a car accident than you are to perish in a malfunctioning airplane. However, no matter how unlikely the scenario, the fear of falling out of the sky from 30,000 feet up is very real, and it's only amplified by stories like that of Tim Lancaster. Lancaster was a 42-year-old British Airways pilot. With over 11,000 flight hours under his belt, he was more than capable of handling a simple flight from Birmingham, England to Spain. On June 10th of 1990, Tim and his co-pilot, Alistair Atchison, took British Airways Flight 5390 into the clouds along with 87 Precious Souls. Takeoff was perfect. The plane soared skyward for 20 minutes as it worked its way up. It was only when the plane reached 23,000 feet that everyone started to realize that this was one of those 1 in 200 million flights. An explosion in the cockpit startled the passengers and blew the door to the flight deck clean off its hinges. They saw everything, the open window, the debris and paperwork being sucked out the front of the plane, and the pilot had gone missing. The windscreen, basically the plane's windshield, had come loose and flown away completely depressurizing the cabin, and the pilot, Tim Lancaster, had been sucked out through the opening in a matter of seconds. Another crew member bravely ran to the cabin and took a position in the pilot's seat, while Atchinson, the co-pilot, got his bearings. He strapped on an oxygen mask and told the passengers to hold tight. They were about to make an emergency landing. He got on the radio to signal to the closest airport that he needed a place to land, but the wind whipping through the plane made hearing anyone at air traffic control almost impossible. Without their confirmation, Atchinson couldn't begin the emergency landing procedures. After some time, however, a message from Southampton Airport came through, and Atchinson began his descent toward the runway. He landed the plane without incident, saving the lives of every single person on board. But you might be wondering what happened to the pilot, Tim Lancaster. After all, authorities eventually found the windshield and were able to deduce what had caused it to separate from the rest of the plane. An investigation revealed the use of bolts of varying sizes in securing the windshield to the flight deck, none of which had been strong enough to handle the changes in pressure between the cabin and the outside. And Lancaster? Well, they didn't have to go far to find him, because he'd never left. The seasoned pilot had been sucked out the window. But Atchison, thinking on his feet, had grabbed his colleague's ankles and held on with all his strength until more crew members were able to come and help him. Being exposed to such strong winds at that high altitude should have killed him, especially as his body continued to slide farther outside the cockpit. According to flight attendant Nigel Ogden, the first crew member to take over holding the pilot's ankles, Lancaster kept hitting his head on the fuselage, but letting go of him risked his body being sucked into one of the engines, which would bring down the plane even faster and kill everyone on board. So they held on, Ogden withstanding frostbite and exhaustion, until Atchinson was able to bring Flight 5390 safely to the ground. Not a single passenger or crew member died in the incident, thanks to some quick thinking by everyone involved. And although Lancaster also suffered from frostbite and minor injuries, He was back on the job six months later, with a heck of a story to tell for sure. I can't help but wonder, though, if he warned people before he shared the story with them. This one will give you chills, he must have said. So hold on tight.
0: This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global.
1: It doesn't take a lot to change the world. Just one small act can set off a chain of events that could shape the future for generations to come. And oftentimes those acts occur under duress, when there's much to lose and little to gain in the short term. During Prohibition, the government took away alcohol across the country under the belief that they were curing the nation of abhorrent behavior. Working-class folks turned to bootlegging and hoarding to get by and their combined efforts eventually led to the repeal of the Draconian Law. However, 1,600 years earlier, it was a Roman priest who broke the law of the land, and his rebellion against the empire did more than change the law. It changed the world. Around 269 AD, at the height of the rule of Emperor Claudius II, Rome was on a bloody path of war and destruction. Claudius needed his armies to be bigger and stronger. There was only one problem no one wanted to join up. Roman men at the time had no interest in traveling across Europe to fight on behalf of a cruel and despotic leader. Legend has it that Claudius was so strong that he could knock out a horse's tooth with a single punch. He had no patience for formalities, and positioned himself as the opposite of the aristocratic emperors that came before him. He was a soldier through and through, and he expected his men to follow suit. Because he was a soldier with deep affinity for the military, he had no time for silly things like marriage or family life. In fact, Claudius believed it was the concept of family that was keeping men from joining his ranks. They were soft and weak, he said. By getting married and raising children, they were not living up to their full potential as soldiers of Rome. However, rather than incentivize new recruits with promises of fame and glory, you know, positive reinforcement, Claudius took the opposite approach— he simply banned marriage. It was a harsh move for sure, and one that did not go unnoticed by the church. A local priest did not agree with this declaration. He believed people should be able to pursue their love despite what the emperor thought. Government had no right to deny what God had already blessed. Although he knew it was illegal, the priest found a way to rebel against Claudius. He began performing clandestine marriage ceremonies for Roman couples looking to build better lives for themselves. Unfortunately, just as had happened with speakeasies during the Prohibition, the authorities found out about the secret ceremonies taking place right under the emperor's nose. They arrested the priest and paraded him in front of the prefect of Rome for a trial. Neither his testimony on true love or his duties as a man of the cloth made any difference to the Roman courts. He had defied emperor claudius and made a mockery of his position the priest's fate had been sealed long before his trial he was sentenced to death which was to be carried out over a series of beatings and stonings before his eventual decapitation claudius was going to make an example out of this traitor for anyone else looking to challenge him so defiantly the priest was held in prison for a short time before his death and during his stay something unexpected happened He found love, not unlike the young couples he had married in secret, and despite the obvious barriers keeping the two apart, their relationship flourished. You see, he had fallen in love with someone outside his prison cell, the daughter of one of his jailers. During their brief time that they had together, they exchanged notes and letters, professing their love for each other, all the way up to the day of the priest's execution. He was beheaded for his crimes as ordered and went down in history as a martyr for his cause on behalf of lovers everywhere. And it was because of his efforts to stand up to an unjust and immoral law that he was later named a saint. And because he died on February 14th, we remember him on that same day each year, signing letters and cards to our loved ones, with his name, not ours. From Your Valentine